Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, sponsored by Amazon. Today's Tuesday, January 26th. America's up past 19 million vaccinations. Merck has shut down its COVID-19 vaccines program, and we're focused on how Reddit users beat Wall Street traders at their own game. GameStop. You probably know it as the retailer in your local mall or shopping plaza where people buy video games, game consoles, and those little vinyl Funko figurines. But for Wall Street right now, GameStop is ground zero in a battle between professional investors and amateurs who like to congregate on Reddit. The basic background here is that a bunch of hedge fund managers basically believe GameStop is doomed because more and more video games are being delivered to consumers via streaming, not through the sorts of physical discs sold at GameStop. So they shorted the stock. And if that is confusing to you, just imagine it as the opposite of a normal investment. You usually buy a stock hoping it will go up, which is how you make money. Shorts kind of buy a stock hoping it'll go down. That's how they make money. But what the shorts on GameStop didn't count on was Wall Street Bets, which is a Reddit channel that describes itself as, quote, being like 4chan found a Bloomberg terminal. On Wall Street Bets, the users look for cheap stocks that have been heavily shorted. Then they buy them, thus increasing the price. That hurts the shorts, and they seemingly do it in a coordinated fashion. When the Reddit users began buying GameStop, it caused havoc. Just yesterday, GameStop shares were halted by the New York Stock Exchange nine separate times because of outsized volatility, as it at one point had tripled in price. Today, GameStop shares are up a modest 55% as of this taping, and that's just hours after one of the big hedge funds that shorted it required a multi-billion dollar bailout from some other sympathetic hedge funds. Other stocks to get the Wall Street Bets treatment have included BlackBerry and Bed Bath & Beyond. The bottom line is that Redditors believe stocks will always go up. And at least for now, they're right. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios Chief Financial Correspondent Felix Salmon. But first, this. We're joined now by Axios Chief Financial Correspondent Felix Salmon. Let's start here. When did you first become aware of this Reddit room called Wall Street Bets? About a year ago, I think. Wall Street Bets has been a big mover of relatively small stocks and of trendy stocks like Tesla for a couple of years. But I think I really started noticing it about a year ago. And is it fair to say that a big piece of what it's doing is identifying stocks that have a lot of shorts on it and then basically trying to drive up the price? That's a huge part of it. They love the idea that as Bloomberg's Tracy Alloway puts it, it's flows over pros, that they can just flow so much money into stocks, especially using leverage by buying call options. The professionals who have shorted the stock and are making value-related bets and care about things like valuations just get steamrolled. Explain just briefly, what is a short trade and how do the folks in Wall Street bets basically screw them? So if I'm a professional value investor and I see a stock, a company that's worth nothing, but is trading at some significant valuation on the stock market, what I can do is I can borrow some shares from people who own it and sell those shares. And the act of selling the shares helps to drive the price down. But also, I just believe on some level that the price should be zero or very close to or at least much lower than it is. And that eventually, the stock is going to catch up with reality. And that when the stock catches up with reality, I can buy that stock back for much less than I sold it for, make a bunch of profit, and then return it to the person I sold it for. 
That's called short selling. It's a very important, crucial part of how the stock market works. It helps in terms of price discovery. It helps everyone work out how much companies are really worth. But the problem is that if I am short a stock, if I have sold a stock that I don't own, and then the price of that stock starts going up and up and up and up, then at some point, I have literally unlimited potential losses. And at some point, it starts becoming so painful for me that I need to just buy that stock back much more than I sold it for in order to cap my losses. And that seems to have been what's going on with GameStop and a number of other stocks right now. It's what's known as a short squeeze. We famously saw one with Porsche like a, a decade ago, where you have a lot of investors short a stock. That gives what's known as a technical in the market, a technical force which helps it to go up rather than down. It's a little bit counterintuitive, but it's something that these Reddit traders are very excited about because what they can do is they can bring a huge amount of force to bear, especially in the options market, to drive the stock upwards and force the short sellers to capitulate and to lose lots of money. You talked about how the short selling is an important part of the markets working properly. Given how much money certain shorts have been losing on things like GameStop, for example, Melvin Capital, which is this big, normally successful hedge fund, is down you know, 30% plus this year, just need to get a bailout from other hedge funds. Is what's happening right now going to destroy short selling? And if so, what does that mean for the markets? Honestly, what's really destroyed short selling is a decade of bull markets. Like No short sellers have done well over the past 10 years because the stock market has just gone up and it's very difficult to be a successful short seller against the background of stocks going up. What we're seeing right now is definitely making the short selling world even harder than it has been. And so I do agree with you that we're likely to see fewer short sellers and more cautious short sellers for the time being if they know that at any point they can just get attacked by a swarming mob of like TikTok investors. The conventional wisdom has always been that a stock is worth whatever somebody is willing to pay for it at that time. There, there's no real objective price. I mean, you, you can have a company, you know, a biotech that's public with no revenue. So you're not pricing it against revenue. You can have a company that's got losses. So you're not pricing it against earnings. Is what we're seeing with GameStop, with Bed Bath & Beyond, is that basically the market working properly from your perspective? It's just with a new group of investors participating? What we're seeing, I think, is a world where it's become a game. When you say it's become a game, is that different than it's been before? Just you've got a wider group of people playing the game who can afford to play the game? What I'm saying is that it's become actually a game you play on your phone, that millions of people, like relatively small investors, on Reddit and on Robinhood are literally playing on their phones, swiping and tapping. This is not a game that people are playing with like other people's money, with like professional investors. This is a game that, you know, 15 year olds are playing with their Robinhood accounts. And in that game, people just care much less about value than they ever did. They care much less about valuations than they ever did. All they care about is, is the line going up? Is the line going down? And the place you can see this most explicitly, of course, is Bitcoin, which has no intrinsic value whatsoever, but is somehow worth, you know, $35,000 a coin. What's the line between investing and stock price manipulation? Or is there one? So there is a lot of chatter right now about whether 
what Wall Street Bets is doing because it's a coordinating mechanism because they're all in the same place on Reddit and they're coordinating the buys at the same time in the same place. People are talking about whether that's actually market manipulation and might actually be illegal. I do think that if you had professional investors doing that in some sort of private chat room or getting together in a back room of a restaurant with cigars and bottles of wine and all agreeing to buy the same stock at the same time in order to hurt a short seller, that would be collusion, that would be market manipulation, and that would be illegal. So we are in the legal gray area here for sure. Final question for you, Felix. GameStop, as of this moment, while we are having this conversation, is at $111 a share, (laughs) uh, which is a lot. It opened at 76 today. Quickly, GameStop, buy or sell at $111 a share. Uh, Buy at 111 and then sell at 20. Lose all your money. Now you can't afford the Xbox, which you can only really buy at GameStop. Felix Salmon, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Dan. Welcome back. What we're watching today is Apollo Global Management, the giant private equity firm whose co-founder Leon Black is stepping down as CEO after more than 30 years. His quote-unquote retirement comes on the heels of the release of a 22-page report prepared for the firm into Black's dealings with Jeffrey Epstein. In short, Black did a lot more work with Epstein than was publicly known, including giving over $150 million in payments and helping Epstein buy into Apollo's IPO. Two important things to know. First, the report found no evidence that Epstein ever offered to introduce Black to what the report called underage women, or what normal people call girls. Two, the report says Black knew about Epstein's 2008 guilty plea for solicitation of a minor, but believed in giving him a second chance. It then says Black didn't become aware of additional allegations against Epstein until 2018, even though there was plenty of public reporting about them years earlier including during the 2016 presidential campaign due to Epstein's association with both Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. The bottom line, Black gets to remain Apollo's chairman, but no longer gets to lead day-to-day activities. Today, we're also watching the latest in COVID-19 vaccine development, as Merck says it's halting both of its candidates after they failed to generate enough of an immune response in phase one clinical studies. Consider this two shots on goal that missed. And finally, today we are watching to see what Twitter does with Revenue, a newsletter platform startup that it just bought. Right now, Revenue is relatively small and doesn't have the breadth of something like a Substack, but Twitter has pretty deep pockets, scale, and an evergreen need to expand beyond its core product. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shover's Naomi Shaven, have a great national peanut brittle day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.